raise the bar on health and live with maximum vitality. This is the Vitality Podcast with Andrea Page. Andrea is a Bali-based naturopath redefining health as living with maximum vitality. Tune in for practical life advice and start aligning with what your body wants. Our bodies are trying to talk to us. Let's listen. Tonight, we're going to be talking uh, about three different topics. These are a rainy day special as requested by the group here in Bali. And we will start by talking about fasting and talking about some of the benefits, maybe why you would want to fast, how you explain to your family and friends why we would want to fast, because it does sound like something super crazy. And then from there, we'll talk about uh, digestive maladies and perhaps how they can be ameliorated or improved through fasting or just change in diet or some kind of cleansing process, even if that doesn't involve fasting. And then uh, I'll try to manage my time appropriately so that we can finish up by talking about women's issues or some challenges that women face and how they relate to health and some markers or evidence or reflectors on health, specifically menstruation. And then I'll try to leave some time at the end for questions. So when I speak, I um, I tend to get on tangents on my own. I'm really good at that. And so I'll ask if you just can hold questions more or less to the end, and that way I won't get on as many tangents. And that'll be really helpful. Okay. So, fantastic. Welcome, welcome, welcome. When we talk about fasting... This does tend to scare people. When I give full lectures an hour on fasting, we talk about, uh, I have you imagine, start it with your eyes closed, and then I have you imagine everything that you ate today, those of you who are eating. <laughs> and then I have you imagine all of that taken away. And you start to notice the first thing you feel. In most people, it's a kind of fear or deprivation. Right? In the energetic system, do you know about the chakra system? I can talk about this stuff because we're at a yoga studio. That has to do with our root chakra. And the root chakra has to do with security and grounding and safety and things like this. And so not having eaten everything that you ate today, you'll feel a bit unstable, right? destabilized even, disempowered, right? because we tend to see food as power or food as fuel. Who has ever heard that before? Food is fuel. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really common phrase. And it's how we tend to think about food. And it does have some truth to it to a certain extent. Calories in, calories out, right? This is our metabolism. This is how we use things. Of course, there's a nutritional value to this. Although, your body has an incredibly intelligent nutritional storage system. We often don't give that enough credit. You have within your cells built up enough nutrition and often even enough fat energy to run off of to keep you for 40 to 50 days on water alone, thriving and surviving on water alone. 40 to 50 days. That's what we as natural hygienists do in our practice. And tomorrow I'm going to start a long-term fast. I told you guys this morning, those of you who started fasting. So check back in two months. Check the Facebook page. I'll make some videos and I'll update you on how it goes. Uh, but this is what we do in our practice. Normally as a natural hygienist, I do long-term water fasting. So like at least a month every year, things like that. In Bali, it's not a hospitable place for water fasting at all. With my job, it's not hospitable to water fasting at all. 
And so in January, I discovered something called juice feasting, which is very, very different, where you still get most of the benefits of fasting with very few of the drawbacks or the physiological symptoms. And so that's something that I've been able to manage to do while working, and so that's what I'll be doing over the next 60 days. So you're here with me on the eve of, of the fast. And so do check back in, stay in touch. That means that you're a very special group to me. So fasting, why? Why would we do that? Why am I about to embark on 60 days of not eating solid food? Well, have you ever heard of yin and yang, or ida and pingala in yoga, or ha and ta, hatha, sun and moon? Black and white, dark and light, right and wrong, good and bad. This is duality. This is the world in this plane. Everything has an equal and opposite reaction. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Every side has another side. (laughs) That's the definition of a side. It's two-parted. Every whole is made up of parts. It can be cut in half. There's day, there's night. There's winter, there's summer. We find this duality everywhere. And this duality as well is in our consumption. There's eating and there's fasting. And our body is programmed to go through cycles of feast and famine. And feast and famine. But the thing is that today, it's constant feast. The famine never comes. And so we as human beings often only know one side of the paradigm. We haven't seen the other side. We don't know what it's like. And so we're so habituated and, mind you, (coughs) addicted to food. I often publicly say that I believe that every human being on the planet today has an eating disorder. Because we are not only completely disconnected from any idea of where our food comes from or how it's grown or what we need to get it, If the world ended apocalypse tomorrow, we would not have food for a while because we don't simply know how to take care of it. Most of us, there are amazing gardeners and farmers all over, and that's something I strongly encourage of everyone. Starting your own vegetable garden can revolutionize your life. But for most of us, we have no idea about these things. And so in this two-sided paradigm, we only know food, and we're really disconnected from it at that. And eating is so normal to us. In fact, have you ever heard yourself say, it gets to five o'clock, oh, I haven't eaten anything today, poor me. Has anyone ever had that thought? Come on, I've had that thought and I practice fasting professionally, yeah? Yeah? We like feel bad for ourselves. We don't believe in ourselves that within us is a certain essence of fuel. It's not only food is fuel, because your birthright is this energetic sphere. Here, you got me talking about energy. I can't resist it. (laughs) In yoga, we call this prana. In martial arts or in the Eastern world, it's called chi or ki. This vital life force energy, mana in Hawaii, it has names everywhere in the world. Every indigenous population is aware of it. It's what vitalizes you. Vitality, my little slogan, my website, Live for Vitality. It's talking about living and making a lifestyle to maximize that. And that's a force that you know much better than you realize if you've ever felt giddy. Do you know that English word, giddy? It's it's like when you feel like, (laughs) 
Like, I'm so excited right now. Yeah? That's vitality surging through your veins. It's, it's like what you felt a lot more often as a child. When you woke up in the morning and you were like, oh my goodness, I have the whole day ahead of me. What can we play? How can I do? I have to go wake up mommy and daddy. If anyone has kids, you'll know what that feels like on the other end. <laughs> but that sense of life force that's flowing freely as a child does not die in adolescence. It's not meant to be dimmed. It's still very much inside of you. And so the work I do is to empower people to reawaken that. Because the idea of a need for a cup of coffee, right, or an afternoon normal sluggishness, this is not written into the human experience. It's only a part of the modern human experience because we're that disconnected from our life force. And so what the practice of yoga, for example, does is it brings us back to this life force through active practices. If anyone's ever practiced Qigong or Tai Chi, this is fully based upon cultivating that life force. Kundalini yoga is another one, building up the kundalini. Right? It's awakening this vitality inside of you. There are so many practices. Those are just a few out of so, so, so many. Yeah. There's a guy here in Bali called Ratu Bagus. And Ratu Bagus does shaking. Have you heard of him? You go like this for like three hours. You can ask Michael, our colon hydrotherapist. He studies with Ratu. Right? And through that process, there's a big awakening that happens. There's so many different ways to access this vitality. Sometimes all it takes is putting your hands on your second chakra. Maybe we can close class like this. Try to remind me. I'll write a note. Second chakra. Because that has to do, of course, with women's issues. But it could be as easy as not just tapping back in. And when we remember this energy, we remember how powerful we are. And how little we need anything else. And that sounds really nice and cliché. And so what I offer to people is the first-hand experience on feeling that. And that's what fasting gives us direct access to. Because we can no longer rely on the external input of food or stimulants like alcohol, even depressants like alcohol or stimulants like coffee, right? We can no longer rely on, you know, putting things in to make us feel a certain way. Because when we're fasting, all we're left with is what we are already, and what we already have. And that's pretty incredible, because more often than not, someone will get to five or day five or day six of the detox retreat week that we have every month here, and they'll say, oh my God, I never thought I could do it. Right? Which kind of, I mean, it makes me celebrate that they're proving themselves amazing, but it also makes me sad that people have that much fear and doubt in themselves. Yeah? But they get there to day six and they're like, and I feel incredible. I haven't eaten in six days and I feel incredible. Right? Not only do I feel normal, but I feel better than normal. And that's pretty amazing. Because that's tapping back in to your internal life force and this source of energy. This is a toke gecko. So it's, yeah, it's one of the big ones. He'll go, it's said in East Timor, an island nearby, that when they talk, that it's the ancestors speaking. So we'll see if he says anything. Because it's usually the ancestors saying, this is true. Yeah. We just saw him. He hasn't spoken yet. All right. So back to the fasting. Um, why? Why would we ever want to do this? Your friends and your family ask, why are you fasting? What are you doing? 
You say, because this is the other side of life. This is the other side of existence that we don't know anymore. And everyone's so overly scared about it, right? And that scaredness and that self-doubt is disempowering us. So I'm fasting to find out how powerful I am. The benefits of fasting are many, right? Cleansing, that's one of them. Detoxification is a natural byproduct of fasting. And I, I give an analogy of uh, like a staycation. Do you know that? It's a modern term. It's You take vacation, but you take it at home. And so you're not allowed to do all the normal things that you would do. You're not allowed to work. You're not allowed to make dinner or whatever. You just stay at home. It's called a staycation. You can try it sometime. Anyway, if you had a staycation, what would you do? I mean, you would probably start to spend time doing things that you never have time to do. Like, hey, that pile of stuff in the corner. Does anyone have a pile of stuff in the corner? I definitely do. Yeah. That stuff you never have time for and it just keeps piling up. During your staycation, that's the time where you're not allowed to do all your normal distracting stuff. And you can take time to clean that out. And you feel good doing it because you're like, finally, I get to take care of the pile in the corner. Your body is the same exact way. Fasting is a staycation inside the body. All of a sudden, we say, okay, I don't have to do the normal work that I have to do. And mind you, your body's normal work, digestion. Digestion can take up to 70% of all available energy. And you know this. If you've ever had a really big, heavy meal, Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving, anything like that, afterwards, you feel a little bit... Right? Tired? Anyone? You have felt that firsthand. That's the shift of energy going to the digestive tract and it's reflected by blood flow. Up to 70% of all your energy. When we fast, you better bet that energy is going to turn around to go to heal and cleanse at a cellular level. And that's pretty amazing. Because that's also that extra spring in your step. That's the boost in vitality. There's so much more available, not only to heal and cleanse, clean the pile in the corner and detoxify, but to give you that extra excess of chi or prana, this life force. And so other benefits of fasting are things like tremendous amounts of clarity. All of a sudden we have a stop put on all of the chemicals that are coming in. And when I say chemical input, I'm also talking about natural foods, at their essence, they are chemicals, right? So I'm not only talking about MSG and food additives and preservatives, it's everything, yeah? And finally, if we can take some time and just relax, is it a monkey? We have, we've been having monkey attacks. It's okay, if it jumps in the room, everyone, my challenge to you is stay calm. This is life in Bali. We have monkeys jumping in, right? So that'll be your nervous system training for the day. If it jumps in the room, just come to your breath, stay calm. Yoga practice. All right, so benefits of fasting, clarity. This clarity happens not only in the, in the skin, in the eyes, in the abdomen, in the belly, right? This tremendous feeling of clarity in the joints, any kind of inflammation or arthritic condition in the joints nearly disappears within days of fasting things that challenge our body regularly all the time, all of a sudden alleviate and disappear. 
It's like things are finally able to be clear. Because another great benefit of fasting, or what happens automatically, physiologically, is that any imbalance in the body balances itself out. And this is primarily also in terms of hormone secretion. Right? So we can get into this when we're talking about women's issues as well. But fasting can also give back periods if you've missed your menstruation for a really long time. Because of the rebalancing process, sometimes fasting can mess up your period a little bit, make it two weeks late or two weeks early or something like that. Uh, but in general, fasting is a great time to do things like come off medications. Because you're stopping that external chemical input again. You're allowing your body clarity, and it's a time of rebalancing. It's also a great time to detoxify from any kind of addiction. So if that's coffee, right? Or if that's a pharmaceutical medication, if that's drugs, or if that's nicotine, right? alcohol even. Fasting is a great time. It will help the body purify much faster and balance out. And you won't feel that habitual need. Okay? Other benefits of fasting are a complete reboot of the immune system. So there was research done in California about two years now, two years ago, that was a study done on not healthy people. It was done on chemotherapy patients. And it was a three-day water fast was the test period. And over the three days, what they found is that the people, when they fasted, their white blood cell count at first dropped. And then when they refed after the fast, the white blood cell count went up higher than it was before the fast. So this is, of course, a marker of immunity and strength of the body. During the period of the three days, old leukocytes or lymphatic cells were observed to be recycled. The old ones thrown away so that new ones could be made. So we have prompt rebooting of the immune system and the ability to really rebuild in that way. So even though we think food is fuel and, oh my God, poor me, I haven't eaten, it's five o'clock, <laughs> right? we have that weakness associated with fasting, which sometimes that comes and goes depending, but it more goes than it comes. We find that really tremendous benefits of fasting are this strengthening that you're getting stronger. Your body is rebooting, literally, during the period of the fast. Is that enough benefits? Is that enough for your family, Matilda? <laughs> so if you want to hear more about fasting, I think I have two lectures online about fasting you can check out in the pods, podcast series, um, others. But just to know that this is a way to tap into your energy, to prove to yourself, right? And this is something so incredibly normal to our human experience, and yet modern humans are so detached from it. And so I'm really, really glad to be part of a collective bringing it back into modern people's lives. Because it is a practice. It's something we do every so often, whether that's seasonally or if that's when you're about to get sick, immediately start fasting. Your body will jump into self-healing mode, and you often won't get sick. Right? If you want to fast with the change of the seasons, or coming in and out of a breakup, or whatever it is, right? Changes in your life. Often long-term airplane travel, really great time to fast. And so you start to make it a practice, and it's like lifting weights. You start with one day, right? You do one day a few times, a few weeks apart, until you feel really confident. And then you do a two-day, until you're really confident. And then you practice a three-day fast, and it starts like that, really incremental, little by little. Yeah, build your own confidence, because most of fasting, as I told you guys, is that it happens between your ears. It's in your head. Again, it's your own self-doubt. Because your body knows exactly what to do, and your body is fine. 
All right. So we'll move from fasting into the second topic, which is digestive maladies. And I love uh, these two in conjunction because the truth of the matter is that no digestive malady can or will ever truly be healed without some dabbling in fasting. And it's super simple. The reason for that is if you can imagine a highway, you know, like a highway tunnel, a tunnel on the highway, right? Well, this is a tunnel on the highway, mouth to anus. One digestive tract, the gastrointestinal canal, mouth to anus, it's one long tube. That's it. It's actually all epithelial tissue. It's skin on the inside. Since it's with two holes, it's like a long donut. So it's actually all external matter. It's crazy when you think about it like that. I have a full hour on the digestive system on the podcast series that you can look up. But in general, when we look at digestive maladies, what we're looking at are a number of things. Anything from stomach ulcers, which are often induced by poor diet and stress and eating improper eating times, to things like cancer in different parts of the digestive system. If that's colon cancer, right, often has a constipation element to it. Or if that's esophageal cancer, often has to do with certain smoking, things like that, as well as eating really acidic things or a history of bulimia, stomach acid coming up through the throat, whatever it is. Different kinds of cancers, for sure. Cancers are just the further development of an auto-intoxication. It's the body having an acidic environment. And then the body being constipated at every level, cellularly as well as in the colon. From there... Uh, other digestive disorders could be things like uh, chronic inflammation of the gastrointestinal tract. I talk about this a lot when I talk about the Santa Claus body. Have you ever seen like a big old belly, usually in middle-aged men, over a belt line? Right? That guy's not fat. If he were fat, you would see it in his face and his arms and his legs. He's proportional everywhere else. Just looks like he's nine months pregnant. <laughs> right? Maybe you know someone like that. Maybe you're father or something, yeah. <laughs> hopefully not boyfriend, but we find that this body, what that is, what's under there, what's under the belly right there, anyone know the parts of your digestive tract, Come on. your intestines, yeah, touch your belly, around your navel, right around your navel, fingertips around the navel, that's the small intestine, and the large intestine frames the small intestine, it comes up from the right hip, up to the ribs, across, and down to the left hip and out, okay? Small and large intestine. Listen to the digestive uh, system lecture for more on that. But uh, we find that inflammation, chronic inflammation in the gut, right? this big old pregnant-looking belly, is just swelling of the intestines. This is largely to do with diet, pretty much. Lifestyle has a certain part of it, but mostly diet is the cause. One of the biggest causes is gluten, Gluten is the compound protein in wheat. I talk about this sometimes. Maybe come back in a future week and request that for a lecture. But that can cause tremendous amounts of inflammation, as can sugar, white sugar. And inflammation is simply the body's self-healing technique. It's sending in the ambulances. right? It's excess blood flow to the area. That's what inflammation is. Just like if you were to break your arm, it would swell. It's trying to heal. It's sending blood, oxygen, life force, energy. Same thing in the intestines. When certain things are eaten that are foreign to the body, like gluten, wheat flour, processed wheat flour, or white sugar, the intestines do not recognize it. And 
the help is brought in, excess blood flow to the area. So things start to swell. How do I know this? Right? How is this not bullshit? Because I can get a guy who looks like he's nine months pregnant coming into my detox week. He starts fasting. And by day six, he looks like he's only one week pregnant. Right? Maybe, one, maybe one month. It all of a sudden deflates. That's how we know it's not fat either. In fact, what do they often call it? Oh, I got my... There we go. Beer belly. What's beer made out of? Gluten. Wheat. Exactly. Yeah, so we're starting to make sense of these things. There are really great books out on um, the effect of gluten on the modern human body or the effect of modern gluten on the modern human body. One's called Wheat Belly and the other one's called Grain Brain. And so I encourage you guys to read up on that if that's of interest to you. Um, but other digestive maladies. Going through here, we have things like irritable bowel syndrome. Right? Have you heard of that one? Irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, is a hop back and forth between constipation to diarrhea to constipation to diarrhea. It's kind of a catch-all term for people who just have irregular bowels. Um, often they attribute it to certain food intolerances or this or that. But finally, over the past five years, the scientific community has been a little more honest. And they've admitted that IBS is a gastro neurological disorder of the gastrointestinal tract. It's a neurological disorder. It's another one of these things that happens between your ears. IBS is here in your head. Right? And it's largely caused by stress. Highest profession that has IBS or is the profession of academia. You know, if any of you just finished university degrees right, or anything like that, it's super stressful. Writing all those papers, having due dates, doing all this research, sitting, reading, not using your human body and moving it. Yeah, things like that. And so IBS, definitely digestive malady. Other things could be chronic parasites. Yeah, about 80% of all people have parasites. It's a really normal part of the human experience today. I strongly recommend a parasite cleanse every six months or one year. And you can do a herbal parasite cleanse. See a herbalist near you and simply go through a one-month or two-month protocol where you're taking herbs to just, you know, release. I strongly recommend some kind of colon cleansing with that, whether it's an enema kit that you do maybe once a week or going to get a series of colonics to help try to take out the worms. The best way to get rid of parasites is indeed through fasting. We starve them first, right? and we make them feel really unwelcome with the herbs, and then we put in a water slide and wash them out. <laughs> Eviction, yeah. And so other digestive maladies could be things like amoebas or things that are microscopic, these often you pick up in foreign countries and things like that. Um, they'll tend to give loose stools over time. And if you're having any kind of diarrhea, uh, the best, if not only, thing that should happen is fasting. And even if that's only for 16 to 18 hours fasting, that's enough. Diarrhea itself is a symptom of the body trying to spit something out. It's trying to help you. It's always self-healing. Right? The body's trying to get rid of what it doesn't want. If you keep putting stuff in, it'll just keep getting rid of it. So you need to stop putting stuff in until the body gets rid of it fully, and then you can go ahead and eat again. Does that make sense? Other digestive maladies could be things like um, autoimmune diseases involving the gut, or things like Crohn's disease or colitis. Right? And these are largely, largely, largely having to do with diet, Again, exposure to these things like white sugar or wheat flour. Right? Super simple. Definitely also having to do with uh, 
low, too low of a number of probiotics, good bacteria. Yeah, and probiotics are a really, really, really important part of not only the digestive tract regulation, but also the regulation of our immune system. And so the microbiome is something that's taking off in storm today. I've started a think tank, the microbiome think tank, uh, with a friend here in Bali, and we're planning to give courses and trainings about good bacteria and how it's necessary and needed and the effect it has upon us. And uh, the best way that you can help yourself in this department is by learning how to make your own fermented foods. Whether that's making your own coconut yogurt or brewing your own kombucha, I recommend a sugar-free variety. Or whether that's making your own raw cultured vegetables, things like sauerkraut or kimchi. It's so easy right? and it's so necessary. Yeah? And so, of course, we're, we're overly exposed to a world of antibiotics. Right? Everywhere we look, everywhere we go, even sprayed in the air. When you land in the airplane from Asia to Europe, they spray antibiotics up and down the aisle. Shouldn't that be illegal? I think that should be illegal. Anyway, so we find that we can need to take all the probiotics we can get. That'll alkalize the environment, make it right for things like B12, yeah, so that the body can self-regulate and come to balance. Yeah? And so digestive maladies, was there any specific one that you were asking about when you said that? No? Just in general? When we talk about these things, though, especially when it's things like ulcerations or different constrictions or things like this or irregular bowel patterns, again, think of that highway tunnel, especially when you think of something like an ulcer. This could be like a pothole on the highway. If you continuously have traffic going through, there's no way that that pothole is ever going to be able to be repaired. We need to close off the tunnel for a certain period of time so that we can get the workers in and repair the road. And that's what happens. Self-healing immediately happens when we start fasting so that then we can allow traffic to flow through with the working road. But if we just have traffic all the time, it's just going to get more and more degraded. Does that make sense? And you were talking about um, juice feasting. So is that just, can you say a little bit about Yeah. Um, juice feasting is having about two to three liters of juice per day. Uh, and the reason for this is a tremendous amount of nutrition. So your body never goes into a state where it feels, not malnourished, but it feels like it's using its own reserves. It's still getting nutrition coming in. It changes how the detox happens in the liver. Yeah? Cool. Later on, fruit as well. All right. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, but it's so fast. You have time, I promise. If you watch TV or if you talk to your friend or if you ha you have time. It's so fast. It takes like half hour and you can make big batches and then leave them in storage for two weeks to five months, right? Take them out whenever you want. And literally all it is is, I I've been meaning to make a video on this, but just take a bunch of vegetables, whatever you want, if it's cabbage and carrots and beetroot and whatever else, Cut them up into small pieces or slices. Take a handful, two handfuls. Put them in a blender with water. You can use some kind of starter culture. I actually recommend that you use someone else's probiotics. So maybe you use some kimchi that's already made or some sauerkraut. The better not store-bought, but you see how you go. Something that's really sour. Put some of that in the blender with the water and the two handfuls of the vegetables. 
and blend it up. That'll be what you call a brine. And then you take some kind of glass container, hopefully that's a rubber seal clip clock. And that's going, you, you put down there a layer of vegetables, put some of the brine, the water, layer of vegetables, some of the brine, the water, and then you'll stack it up and press it down with your hand so that there's no air in it and that water has perforated all of it. And then at the top, roll up some cabbage leaves into a log. And I make what I call closed ferments. You put that cabbage log at the top, you put it over, you clip it closed, put it in maybe a brown paper bag, put it in a warmer, more or less warm, like above the stove if you're in a cold country. Put it in a paper bag and store it there for two weeks to five months. Yeah. And there you go. What about like, taking Yeah, so I recommend both. Yeah, the probiotic pill will never be enough. I recommend that you do it inconsistently. So get a bunch of different probiotics because there are trillions of bacterial strains. And I do have a whole lecture uh, podcast on the microbiome if you want to hear more about this stuff. Awesome. So moving on to our third topic, women's issues, uh, to talk a little bit about the issues that women face. Is it a monkey? I think they're just gardening up there. <laughs> All right, so the issues that women face in the 21st century world, because perhaps it's better than it's ever been to be a woman, right? We get a lot of freedom. We get to do what we want. We get to be just as powerful, if not more powerful, than men, uh, depending upon, of course, where we've been born on this planet, what this lifetime, this karma, this dharma has in store for us. Um, and yet, on a physical level, I would feel confident to say that women are facing more maladies than we ever have before. We have to face a lot less things like childbirth, dying in childbirth. But we have to face a lot more things like imbalance of the thyroid, for example. Women today are even having crazy things like thyroidectomies, having their thyroid just removed. And they just take medication forever. Right? And so um, I'll just go over a few women's issues and make sure to talk a little bit about menstruation, since that was what the question was. Uh, in general, what we find is that with uh, the change of women toward the workplace, we've become career-driven. And this has brought in a lot of stress in a different way than it has for men. And I'm not here to go into a big dialogue about gender roles and all of that. That's not really my specialty. But just in general, there are certain responsibilities that are implied to the woman. Right? Of course, childbearing, child rearing, raising the child, usually preparing the home, doing things like making dinner and the hospitality kinds of things, although a lot of men today do that. But in general, those are implied as part of the woman's job. If you have all of that and then you add on top of that right, a full power career, we start to see why women would be a bit stressed today. And so this stress produces an elevated level of our stress hormones, cortisol and at times adrenaline, in the female body. And in response to this, all of the other body's regulating systems do not work as well as they normally would. Because... It thinks, essentially, that you're always under, under attack, right? And so if you're always under attack, you can imagine that your metabolism would go way out of whack. Maybe we would find, of course, the autoimmune disease, things like Hashimoto's or hypothyroidism, 
Right? We find women gaining weight. Right? And what's this weight gain? It's your body trying to protect itself because it feels that it's under attack. Right? If the famine's coming, let's put on some pounds so we can save up for the winter kind of idea. Let's see, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so really, I would say that what is at the root of most women's issues today, whether it's hypo or hyperthyroidism, right, is at a large part stress. Adrenal fatigue is another big one that women are facing. This again has to do with stress. Excess secretion of adrenaline from the adrenals, the endocrine system glands on top of the kidneys, right? And we find that this, along with other issues that everyone has, things like dehydration, most of the world is walking around today chronically dehydrated. How much water does the human body use and lose just by waking up in the morning? Come on, guys. Three liters. Three liters. That's how much it loses just by waking up in the morning, which means that that's the absolute minimum that we have to replace. Three liters per day, right? So if you say that, and then there's a whole host of dehydrating things that are going on in your life. Things like alcohol, coffee, salty food, any kind of animal product, food that's overly cooked or dried or fried. Right? And this is taking away water from our body. So already we're losing the three liters, and then there's more things. If we don't replace that, within a few days, we've gone into chronic dehydration. And so this is a tremendous cause of lots of other issues. Right? Be it foggy-headedness or headaches, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, joint pain, sore backs, whatever it is. When we come into menstruation, of course, um, when we talk about the reproductive system, it has a direct link into the endocrine system through the gonads, right? which are the glands that secrete certain hormones having to do with reproduction. And, of course, the ovaries, right? which are going to be the regulators of releasing of eggs and those unused eggs along with the uterine lining will shed, hopefully, once every 28 days, one moon cycle, and release into what we call menstruation. Now, what many people don't know or many women don't know is that menstruation is actually a form of detoxification. And a lot of women, they'll come onto my fasting programs and say, oh my God, I just started my period. Is that okay? And I say, hallelujah, that's great. You're getting two for one. <laughs> right? Because what that menstruation is, something is leaving the body anyway. Right? The uterine lining, the unused ovum, it's leaving the body. That's kind of like if someone was taking out the rubbish. All right? So maybe Alexandra goes and takes out the rubbish and on her way out, I have a piece of trash and I say, hey, wait, take this too. That's logical, right? Your body does the same exact thing. As the menstrual cycle releases, inside of it, excess body toxins come out as well. And so your menstruation is a direct reflection of the previous month. And so, next time you menstruate, see the quality of your blood. When I'm living a really super cleansing lifestyle, if I'm only eating above-ground plants in their natural state, Really only fruits and vegetables, mostly juicy, juicy fruit, right? Not having anything dehydrating or salty or cooked or fried or anything like that. Really clean diet. My menstruation, my menstrual blood, maybe this is too much information for <laughs> some listeners. It's bright red, right? It's not clotty. It's super healthy. The menstruation time itself is very short, painless, right? Comes and goes. Hello, goodbye. On months, 
right? when I've maybe had way too much fat in my diet, or I've been extra stressed, right? or I haven't gotten enough sleep, or I've been, you know, not treating my body as well as I know I could. Right? You start to see clumps. You start to see darker blood. You start to have more symptoms with menstruation. And so every month, this is an indicator, a direct indicator to us about our health. Right? And people who don't have periods, they've lost their period for whatever reason. Maybe they're anemic. Maybe they're really underweight. Maybe they have too high stress hormones in their blood. And so all of the other hormone secretion has been imbalanced. Whatever it is, we start to find that, I, I mean, I consider that a form of constipation. No menstruation? That's constipation. Because this is a form of detoxification. You see that? So it's something that's supposed to go every month. And if it doesn't go... And the body's holding in something that it needs to release, and it's not getting that extra, oh, you're taking out the rubbish, here, take this too, chance that it should. Does that make sense? And just a fun little fact, a side note, um, in North America, where I grew up, there used to be indigenous, uh, lots of, of course, sacred ceremonies and rituals. Ritual, a great thing that's missing from the modern world. But anyway, there was the uh, ritual of a like an indoor sauna. Have you heard of this? And men went, and, and they would light a fire under usually a teepee, and it would heat. This is a sacred ceremony where they would sweat and have a sweat lodge, is what they're called. And these sweat lodges originally were established and only men were allowed to attend because it was supposed to equate to the detoxing that women got naturally through menstruation. Yeah. All right. That's a little note on women's issues. Was there anything more specific that you wanted to talk about? It's okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to actually have you guys lay down, lay down. Let's put our heads in the center. Why not? Put your head in the center, lay down on the earth. And it's okay to lay down on the wood. See how it feels to really have your head on the wood. And as you lay down... Start to breathe and notice how it feels so different lying down. Allow your jaw to relax. Allow the eyes to close. You can have your hands face down or face up for this one as you like. Feel the bones fall into the floor. And as you breathe in and out of the nose, make sure there's space in between the back teeth. Tongue relaxes. Softness behind the muscles of the eyes. Feel to where the head hits the earth. And then when you're ready, bring your hands in a triangle shape. Thumbs touching just below your navel. And then first two fingertips touching creating a triangle between them. Fingertips pointing down toward your pubic bone. Begin to breathe. Feel the rise of the belly on the inhale and the fall on the exhale. And know that you don't have to do anything right now. You're not expected to be doing anything except for breathing and feeling, experiencing. It's 
It's not often in our modern world that we as women are allowed to just breathe and feel. There's no other expectation of you right now. Just breathe and feel. Your hands are lying on what we call Swadhisthana Chakra in yoga. Swadhisthana, the second, the sacral chakra. Swa means mine or one's own. Stan means place like Kazakhstan or Uzbekistan. So Swadhisthana Chakra is one's own place. It's the place we originate from. In Japanese medicine, this is known as the Hara. In Chinese medicine, the Dantian. This is the power center. It's literally the womb, where we are born from. So simply placing your hands here, eyes closed, feeling and breathing. You can sense into under the palms of your hands. Receive from the body how it feels. Connect into this area of the body. Know that so much potential is stored right here. And over the next 10 breaths, I invite you with each inhale to feel the power, the prana being cultivated and build up your connection to it simply by your focus, your attention. Ten breaths. reached your 10 breaths, gently roll over onto your side, keep your eyes closed, and completely relax on your side. your eyes closed in a very heavy head whenever you're ready allow yourself to press up to sit notice how you feel 
if you feel different at all. And we'll close this class tonight with the sweet sound of Om. Exhale fully. And inhale completely. Namaste. Incredible people, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Remember, you don't have to change anything right away. Simply become more consciously aware. Tune in next time for more interpretations of our body signals. And don't forget to reprioritize your life around your health to live with maximum vitality.